Learning with Matt and Courtney. This is Matt. I'm Courtney. What do we do, Courtney? We talk about the do-do's and don't-do's of personalized learning. I like that. Yeah. All right. What are we going to talk about today? Um, today's today's theme, today's today's topic is who's doing the learning. I like that. Yeah. It's a I good like question that. to ask. So before we start, uh, go back and listen to our last four parts about continuous flexible grouping. Yep. Uh, the last one ended up with some kids. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was really cool. <laughs> All right, so who's doing the learning? Well, I hope it's the learners. You know what, though? A lot of times it's not. Oh, oh I think I have a story. Ah, uh, yeah. Go. Well, I mean, I've got lots of stories. But so here, this is what prompted me to, to say, to tell Matt <laughs> that this was what we're doing today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so I was running some professional development yesterday in um, in a district, and I was in the classroom with live learners, which is always like makes a little iffy, you know. Live like, learners, like like kids. Live kids. Okay. Wow. Live kids. Live kids. Yeah. So much better than the dead kids. It's- <laughs> okay. Terrible joke number one. That was the alert. <laughs> okay. Way better than, than, than the dead kids. Yeah, I'm sure and... I have uh, two more terrible jokes to go. That's my limit. That was awful. <laughs> it was terrible. Anyway, yeah, I really do like to do this at whenever I can. When I'm And I've done it here in, in my current district, and I do it in other districts. That um, It's one thing for me to model practices like with the adults. And mm-hmm. like that's important, too, for them to feel what it would feel like for their learners, mm-hmm. but it's a whole other thing to model those practices with actual kids right. and give give teachers give teachers the chance to try these things out. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I was doing, and I was modeling a writing conference, and so it was me and this one kid, and you know we picked a kid that we knew would be okay with this because it's like they've got to talk with someone they don't know, and then they've mm-hmm. got to have like four other adults watching and listening, and then. Right. You know, there are times where I kind of pause the conversation and talk out to the adults, like, about the kid that's sitting right there. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird experience. So we picked a kid that we, the teachers knew would be able to handle this. Okay. So I'm sitting there, and I start off with the classic, so how's your writing going? Um, and the kid kind of starts talking, and then his teacher starts interrupting and answering for him. So like I'm asking questions like, so what's your topic? Oh, so why did you choose to write about that? Like, tell me what you did here. Tell me what you did there. Just like very open-ended questions that are meant to get the kid talking about their writing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and the teacher kept answering for him. And so at first I was kind of like, you know, I was like, oh, you know, it's okay. Like, we'll just hear what he has to say. Um, and then I was able to get the kid's attention back. But then the teacher kept doing it. And it got to the point where the kid would not answer until the teacher said something first, and the kid was looking at the teacher for his answers. Oh, okay. So I had to. It was it was an uncomfortable moment. I think it was fine because you know the teacher was okay, <laughs> and like right. I continued to have positive interactions with this teacher later. But um, I had to lean over and like tap the teacher on her knee and say like it's okay. 
let the let the let, let the kid answer for himself. And then I had to turn to the learner and d- redirect his attention and say, mm-hmm. "Okay, look at me and answer me." And it was just so you know. I left that interaction feeling like, wow, in this particular room or in this particular case, that learner really isn't doing the learning and really isn't being given the opportunity to think for themselves and share their own knowledge. So Courtney told me this story about, about like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, like 10, when we first <laughs> right got before, together to right do the podcast. Yeah. So, and, and I'm thinking about what, that's, what, the, what the next step would be like um, for that school, uh, for that district, because um, as you said, that's not the district you work in right now. Nope. So the, 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 the conversations between the coach and that teacher, I think can be very positive and useful about this, this, is, this is what we saw you know, yeah. from an outside. You yeah. know, I like having, having an, out, out, an outside person come in sometimes because it really gives you a, that reality check. Oh, for sure. As it were. And and it's not just, you know, you get to, I'm sure you all listeners have this where you get bogged down in your day-to-day stuff and you you don't see a lot of things because this is just what you do now. Right. And that's obviously what what was happening in that that classroom, but you just may not notice it. Yeah. You know, not a negative thing, not a positive thing. It's just the way it is. Well, and I think, yeah, I think it's really common. Um, I mean, and actually we talk it all this year in the district I do work in when we've been doing professional development around like design thinking and workshop models and things like that, we do often highlight or stop and say after like an experience and like where maybe the teachers are doing some problem solving, like we just Mm -hmm. had a math workshop one just recently, we always stop and say, okay, who was doing the learning? Just to let them reflect back on who was actually engaging their brain rather than, um, not and in a lot of cases it's just like you said we're just used to it like whether if you were used to lecturing like that's you but that's the teacher doing the work um what i see a lot and i don't think it's intentional but it's it's i've I've talked about swooping before it's swooping Mm -hmm. and it's rescuing kids and it's it's not it's us as nurturers being uncomfortable with watching a kid struggle yeah, and, and that yeah. makes sense. As a teacher, yeah. you're there to help kids, right? Totally. That, that, that's part of it. And that's, in in teachers' minds, that's helpful. But it's, but it's not. But it's not. And, and I think it, it takes some actual explicit training to get to get out of that. It does. You know, to have those kids call, do their productive struggle. Right. You know, and that forces a teacher to have some productive struggle also. But everyone comes out at the other end a lot better off. Yeah. So I, I like how you said you, you actually make that explicit when you're doing the training. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think we miss in training sometimes is we don't say exactly how we're modeling or how we're doing and how this translates to your classroom. Right. And I right, think that's right. extremely important. It and, is. And I it like is. the way that, that you do that. Thanks. You're welcome, Courtney. Oh, it feels <laughs> good. Oh, boy. So, um, so when you think about, Matt, when you were a teacher, when you were teaching, yes. like, how did you do with this? Did you, did you have, like, any... I know some people have like little tips or strategies or things that they do to help them from swooping in or answering questions for kids. Well, one of the things that that I that I was taught a lot in the you taught you're taught in college is a wait time. Yeah. And wait time is good for a point. Uh, and it's funny because I was at a I was at a thing this morning and the person was really yeah. emphasizing wait time like 
smile and count to seven in your head <laughs> and it'll feel like a million. And yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's wait time. But then he said, at the end, you just say, uh, you, you can say there's any questions. I don't see any. Let's move on. Uh, it's like, wait a minute. holy crap, what? <laughs> that's <laughs> not it. This person was not a teacher. He was, okay. uh, he was trying to just connect stories <laughs> to, it, to it, what we're it. doing. So it's, it wasn't quite that. But I was like, wow, this is not where I thought that went right there. <laughs> So, you know, I was always, to be honest, I was always one of those persons who I thought was really good on wait time. Yeah. But I didn't set up the culture of the classroom to really have those questions be something that kids asked. Or yeah. I didn't really teach them how to ask the right questions. Right, 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 right. And I, didn't, I wasn't very good at prompting them. Uh, so it's, the wait time was good for a thing, but there's more to it than that. Yeah. And you have yeah. to, yeah, A, it comes back to culture for us. Yeah. You have to set up the culture so kids know questions are okay to ask, yep. uh, even the ones like, I don't understand anything. Yeah. Um, because then you can, that's a jumping off point for, okay, let's talk about what you don't understand rather than, I don't I don't get it. Right. That's the common kid answer because they don't know what to ask. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Even though there's yeah. something yeah. specific they don't get, Yeah. you don't know that if I don't get it does not mean you start over and you do it louder and slower. That's right. Try to try to narrow it down. Yeah. And and when you were talking about the kid earlier about why they picked that topic and and what what they like to write about and why did you choose that rather than this maybe right now yeah. you're asking specific questions yes. that other kids can also potentially in a larger situation also learn from. Yeah. So I actually learned from other going to see other teachers. Yeah. Is how I got better at that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't anything that was natural to me, and I was I was a swooper. A yeah. lot, and I knew it was bad, so I kind of get away from it. But then there was always those awkward silences where nobody knew what to do. Right. So right. I, I, I went to other classrooms, and I had to learn. Yeah. And that's and that's that's where you do it. Yeah. That's where you do it. You just you you find a model, and then you you work on it yourself. Yeah. And it's not like it's a magical change overnight. No, it it takes a while, and I, yeah, I swoop I swoop with teachers. Sure. Still. Sure. Um, and it's hard not to. And I guess I will say there are times when you do have to swoop where, you know, like it because it's productive struggle. Like, yes. Um, well, but that, even then. That goes back to your zone of proximal your development, zone right? Of proximal, right, exactly. It does. Like if you're, if the kid is working on something that's really, they just do not have the foundational knowledge or skills to grasp, like no amount of wait time or prodding <laughs> right. on, on your part is going to help. So right. it's like, never you going do to have to kind of go in and do something else. Um, right. So I think about a lot um, my former principal that I used to in my former district. Mm -hmm. uh, he used to talk about this a lot with people and he would talk about how, um, and you could see him doing it. He would kind of like, if he put us in places or experiences where we'd have to solve a problem and he and there's intentionally intentional ambiguity so there's are a lot of questions you know mm -hmm. he'd be walking around like with one arm crossed in front of him and his elbow sitting like on his wrist and like kind of holding his mouth closed with his <laughs> thumb and forefinger and just kind of walking around and holding going mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know and whenever anyone did ask him a question he would not answer right away he would go okay and then just like wait and you and like do this face that made you think like he was thinking, you know. And <laughs> all right. At times he probably was thinking like, what's yep. my what's my question going to be back? And he mm -hmm. always asked a question back. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's one quick strategy you could use to help yourself stop swooping is yep. pause and then ask a question back. And it can be as simple as, what do you think? 
Well, it's yeah. funny because when I when I talk <laughs> to teachers, I I think I have that almost reputation for it now. Yeah. That I never actually answer questions. That's too funny. Good but for I you. just yeah. I just put it back as a question, and I yeah. think that's just natural. <laughs> and sometimes it's like. I don't know what the answer is going to yeah. be. So what do you think? Well, what do you think? <laughs> so I'll just cut off that first part. And I'll just say, what do you think? Yeah. But it's always good because it keeps the conversation going. Yeah. And because I'm not the the answer keeper. No. And, and nobody is. And, and it's worth a discussion. And getting back to your story about that teacher, that district will have great jumping off points for conversations between a coach and a teacher on how to improve the teaching. Oh, yeah. And that this is what we saw. This is what we modeled. You know how, and now we can work on something specific right. going forward. Yeah. So awkward at the time, it'll pay off at the end. Yeah. That teacher's probably going to be president someday. That's how it happens. That's number two, right? So- there. So <laughs> I got one left, but I don't know how much time we have left. So, <laughs> so that's yeah. that's great. That's a great story. Yeah, that's a good one. That was uh, I've seen, and I, and um, the other day I was in a. Uh, a high school math class where the teacher was doing a really great job with this. It was like it was something that really stood out to me how well she was with putting it back on the learners. And like there was one particular incident. They were working on something with hyperboles and it was it was like hyperbolas. Hi- hyperbolas. I'm working with hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hyperbola. And it was this whole it, it was a very high, higher order thinking. Lots of yeah. lots of stuff going on. It was difficult, and um, the kid asked. You know, one of the teacher came over, was kind of doing like a conference check in, and the learner asked her something or made an observation about one of the things she matched, and the teacher just goes back, "Yes, I agree that that's what you did." <laughs> and I was like, "That wow. was awesome." <laughs> You know, like, because the kid was asking, did I do this right? Mm -hmm. And teacher was not going to do it, not going to give it to them because there was still more, more to do. Right. Um, And yes, I agree that that's what you did. It's a great answer. so good. I love that. And it was funny because you could see the kid was stunned for a second, like, huh? You know, but, uh, but then they kind of had a little laugh and then the teacher asked some more of those prodding questions, not leading questions. Yes. I think there's a huge difference there. Yes. You know, a prodding question might be like, well, what are some other resources on this page that you could use? Like, you know, things like that, whereas like a leading question, um, I can't think of one for this particular yeah, instance. But for, but for leading questions, you're doing the work because kids will realize I just need to basically repeat back right, what right. you just said. Yeah, it's like where like you know the answer is like yes. Yeah. Or so, no. so Courtney, do you think that the main idea of this podcast is who's doing the learning? Yes. You're right. So <laughs> oh, okay. there like, we go. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's and kids will figure that out quick. That you're giving me the answer. I just need right. to think about it and rephrase it. Exactly. And and so the prodding questions. A great way to talk about it versus the leading questions. Yeah, prodding So let them think about it and let them do the work. Let them do the work. And don't worry if they get it wrong. Eventually they'll get it right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, do we have anything else for today? All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this one off the cuff. Uh-oh. So Courtney and I are doing a live training session in a couple of weeks. If you're in the area of, let's go with northern New England. So we're going to be in Auburn, Maine at the <laughs> MCLA conference, which is the Maine Curriculum Leaders 
uh, Association Conference. We're yeah, going to be yeah. in Auburn on the May 15th and 16th. We are. If you want to learn about personalized instruction a little bit. Or whatever the, what's, what's our title of that one? Personalized or individualized instruction. Individualized instruction, yeah. yeah. And so then it's, a, it's a lot about culture and stuff like yeah. that. So we talk about mini lessons and workshops and blah, 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 blah. And it's way fun. It is way fun. <laughs> it is way fun. So if, uh, if you can uh, make it, it would be great. The website is maincla.org, and you can find the information there. Yeah, excellent. All right, how can you follow us on Twitter? And let's talk about our parking lot, because our parking lot it's empty. It's empty. There's lots of space in the parking lot. Yes. Yeah. So um, you can follow us on Twitter. The show's handle is at plearnmc. Mine is at belolanc, and I always mess up Matt's, so he's going to say it. Okay. It's eat, sleep, stats. <laughs> nice. And we're on Facebook also. Uh, it's also plearnmc. Yep. I changed that last week. Thank you. So we put up some... Uh, uh, some nice little articles yeah. that, that, that people talk about all the time, um, at least on our Facebook page. Yeah, they do. It gets shared a lot. So it been, does get shared a lot. I'm watching. So, uh, so it's something different that we do. We post articles that we kind of like and we think are interesting. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then our show's website is uh, uh, plearnmc.weebly.com. And uh, that's where you go to see the pretty version of our show notes and to um, listen live. Well, not live, but listen online. And our parking lot is there as well. So our parking lot, that's where you can put questions, comments, share aha moments, or any feedback generally about the show. Um, and you can put it up there and we read it. And uh, sometimes we take it to the show. Sometimes we will actually answer them. Sometimes they just become the inspiration for a topic. Exactly. And um, so it got cleared out after our little series there on flexible grouping. So head back, guys. Put some stuff on there. Yeah, please. Okay. <laughs> I think we're done. That's it. We'll talk next time. <laughs> Thank you.